Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Andy, and life's not a money bag, blood's on your god's head. You can't steal our souls, you can't steal our souls. <laughs> okay, and I'm Ryan, and I'm going to stand here like a unicorn, unless you request a dance break. Can I have a dance break, please? <laughs> I'm going to save that for Saturday. Okay. In, in the club. In In club. In the club, the club, (laughs) in the club. We should be in the Hall of Fame now. Yes. Danny. Danny Saucedo, as I live and breathe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Eurovision Queens. Another in our special range of episodes covering Eurovision 2023. And this time it's our second part of semi-final one. You've been following along, haven't you? I have, yeah. I'm paying attention. I don't know we, what's going on. We'll be covering songs 9 to 15 this time, having covered 1 to 8 last time. If you missed it, go back. There's still time. Go back. Listen, go, go. Yes, although we have realised that our break from... <gasps> I know. ...is incorrect. Formerly, when they drew the draws... Drew the draws? Can you drew yeah. draws? For the first half and the second half. The second half actually started with Switzerland and Remo Fora. So mm. you made a mistake. Yes, that was uh, squarely on my head. <laughs> Let's say. Let's say that. I'm happy to blame you for that. Mm. So, I have got an announcement to make. Oh. Well, I say an announcement. It's more of a declaration of intent. <laughs> <laughs> to declare that I think semi-final one and semi-final two are kind of on a par. They're equally strong. Yeah, there's some big hitters in semi-final one, but I think there's some big hitters in semi-final two, the more I listen to it. Mm. You've spent a lot more time with the playlists, haven't you now? I so. have. Yeah. And also last time we had the first eight from semi-final one. And I was only certain that three would go through, quite honestly. So it'll be interesting to see how many this time we think will be straight through from the second half of semi-final one. And there's a hell of a lot of earworms in there, isn't there? Like... There are. In general. Yeah. There's so many songs that I wake up with stuck in my head or we particularly like to sing Riley. Quite a lot, don't we? We do sing a lot of Riley. We sing a lot of Malta as well recently. (laughs) Sing a lot of Malta. Yeah. I think Solo as well. (laughs) Baby. Yeah. Unquestionably. So, if you want to join us for our continuing journey into the semi-finals of Eurovision, it's time to hear that familiar anthem. So, performing ninth in semi-final one is Noah Carell from Israel with the song Unicorn. Hey, you don't like the way I'm talking, hey. So you stand there, keep on coming names. No, I'm not your enemy, so If you're gonna do it, don't do it Hey Do you wanna check my DNA? Hey 
All the stories time to go away And believe in fairy tales, oh So that was Noah Carell with Unicorn. It certainly was. We just watched the music video because there wasn't a national final performance because she was internally selected. I, I don't know. I think we that's just, the we case. We can't find it on the internet. That's, I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what do we think of the song? I feel like I should like it more than I do. Oh. I don't know why. Something about it just rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Oh, gosh. Tell me more. I just don't know. I think three years ago I would have been absolutely obsessed with this, but my maybe my Eurovision standards are a little bit higher now or oh, something. Wow. I think they are, you know, because you used to like any basic old pop track that came along. A, a pop track. A pop track. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but now I think you actually you strayed a bit from that into, I don't know, accepting more different sorts of music. Maybe. I'm still quite basic. Well, yeah. I just think there's something about this one that just doesn't quite connect with me, but maybe it's just not for me. It wasn't till I heard it again this time and I had the lyrics on the screen I remembered, oh, I really actually like the opening verses. They're fun and I like singing along to them. Mm. So what do we think? Is this going to go through? I feel like it will. I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's 15 in this semi-final. 10 are going to go through. It's never going to be in the bottom five. It's going to be high energy. Mm. She's got the dance break. Although the dance break we saw on what looked like the Israeli version of Strictly didn't look very good. No. It looked quite stodgy. Yeah. I'm hoping she's had a bit of dance training since then. She needs to get in touch with the drag queen. Yeah, Anitra or Sasha Colby. Yeah, if either of those aren't too busy with the finale. (laughs) Yes. Help Noah Carell out if you want Israel to win. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just remember hearing lots about this so-called dance break and that she's such a good dancer and it's like hmm yeah. is she yeah. what, she can what drop you, into the splits which you said was doing the bare minimum it's more than i could do <laughs> fair yes. but still yeah so two artists were named out of the original 78 who were considered to represent israel this year one was called Nergui. And the other one was Noah Carell. And although Carell said, oh, I don't know whether I'm taking part the previous day, then they announced, yes, it is Noah Carell. So she had to say, oh, actually, it is me. (laughs) (laughs) I have to admit it. Um, With Unicorn, as we know. And I think it was the first one that was announced as part of the contest, wasn't it? I think Noah Carell was announced like about a year ago, it feels like. Oh, but the song wasn't announced until quite a bit later. She was always going to be representing for the longest time. Mm -hmm. I think there's an opportunity to do something more unicorn based on the stage. More rainbows, more unicorn, really go for the gay vote. Yeah. But also costumey, it should be really unicorny. There's that bit in the video where she's got, she looks like a centaur. Cause, do I mean centaur? I think Where so, she's yeah. got the uni, the unicorn legs and... Horse body. Horse body. Let's do that on stage. Yeah, but then she does that <laughs> silly little hand thing for the oh, horn. And I was like, oh, that's a bit, that could be a bit cheesy. I think, uh, what, cheesier than actually gluing on a horn onto a forehead? Oh, well, no, you could do something in your hair. <gasps> That's a good idea. Like a hair sculpture of some sort. Hair sculpture. Yes. So what we're saying is, do more. This needs dragging up. Drag it's it up. It's me clapping this time. <laughs> this needs dragging up. 
<laughs> and I agree with you. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next song, which Indeed. is Pasha Parfani, who is singing from Moldova, and the song is Sorella Siluna. <laughs> Parfani. <laughs> oh. I should explain why I'm saying that. It's because in back in 2012, when he performed the song Lautar, he was the last person to perform on the night, and the host in Azerbaijan said, Thank you, Pasha Parfani. And for the longest time, we used to say that on our house, and that was just a, a phrase we said. Mm. So he is legend in our house, or at least his name is. So you must be very excited that he's back. Thank you, Pasha Parfani. <laughs> Very. And I think I said it very badly. It's Swarele Saluna, which sounds much more lyrical. Mm. Swarele Saluna. Good. Yeah. You look concerned. Yeah. Tell so, me why. Well, we just watched the performance at the national finale, and I've been listening to the song on Spotify, yeah. and I really like it. Okay. That's not good. But isn't that because he was performing in what looked like someone's front room? It was a very small... <laughs> setting yes and there looked to be a group of nuns in the audience oh i think they were i think they were in the green room with the other artists oh so were they nuns performing maybe yeah i I feel like there's no i feel like there's something we've missed out there (laughs) there is very chaotic (laughs) so i just think the arrangement of it like his vocals versus the backing singers on the chorus they absolutely drown him out so he's not really there in the chorus. Yeah, but they'll check They'll check the levels. They'll get that, right? So there's that element of it. Yeah. Then there's the sort of theatrical, weird... Which... He, he was over-dancing in someone's front room. That didn't help. Yeah, it, I was, mean, it was very white for it being so sort of... Ethnic. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the women with the horns antlers. on, the antlers, they kind of just like kept wandering around like they were just like, oh, I'm just going shopping. Yeah. You know, there was no, they were very casual. There was no sort of like presence. Yeah. They'd had no dance training or any sort of choreography to make you think oh god these are powerful or anything they were just like wandering around like oh I've been told to just walk on at this point yeah it needs some movement and it needs some thought and then there's the um the dwarf the dwarf how do we feel about that clearly we're uncomfortable I feel like it's are you not allowing dwarves to perform in Eurovision is that your problem (laughs) (laughs) I don't know it seems I tell you what it is it's because it's a, a link back to dwarfs as jesters in mm. medieval times Ooh. isn't it yeah and it's a kind of oh they're playing the fool they're sort of should be laughed at and they're little dwarves jumping around doing acrobatics. yeah because there's a reveal yeah. of the dwarf yeah. playing the yeah. flute or recorder yeah. or 
whatever that so is. So it's kind and of it's... a throwback to what to dwarfs just as, as figures of fun. Yeah, but right. it, it's that like, oh, now look. Yes. And it, it feels like it's... Patronising? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's that, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit awkward, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe we're just overthinking it. I think people will love the fact that there's this guy who's playing the flute and he's a dwarf, and I think they'll see it as a, as a bonus. But I think it's slightly unsafe ground. Yeah, I think the way we're going doesn't feel right. No, I know, I know what you mean. Because as soon as we thought, we went, oh! oh and yeah. it wasn't that we were confronted by a dwarf, because obviously <laughs> that's not us. It was more the how the character of the dwarf was presented. Yeah, I think it's exactly that. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't expect to be talking about this. <laughs> so I really liked this, but yeah. watching that now, I'm starting to think it's not going to go through. Whereas you've changed, haven't you? I like it. I think it'll go through. I think it'll be about ninth or 10th to go through. Yeah. I think it'll go through, but it's not going to do brilliantly. Uh, unless it really ramps up the production and has good sound and good images and good movement. And maybe he'll look less over the top. It looked like a pantomime performance because of that small place. If he's in yeah. an arena... I mean, I remember he was so good as Lautar. My trumpet makes you my girl. And he's running around with those people behind... Those women behind him. And he, he loved the performance. He loved the stage. He loved that atmosphere and I think he's a he's a big performer he's performed at Eurovision twice mm. he also did 2013 as well oh okay yeah he co-wrote that song and I think he was at the piano see there's this whole burning man sort of theme around this like with, with all of his press photos and stuff seems really powerful but I feel like maybe they've arrived at that after that performance because it wasn't quite so branded yeah it didn't quite have that sort of heart in it that it felt I think... a bit like i would just throw anything sort of celtic at it it felt sort of ethnic-y for ethnic sake without actually anything marrying together yeah it's like get a load of stuff off of wish and kind of <laughs> throw it together that way wow <laughs> wow stick the antlers on the head go out you yeah. go girls walk yeah. around a bit i've got these plastic flowers we can glue onto yeah. it to make it look a bit more yeah foresty and what's that thing he's wearing what's that called that poncho. <laughs> yeah. It's so all... someone's bath mat that's been... I don't know. It just feels a bit thrown together. But maybe it was. And now, now it will be a big production. Mm. I look forward I to seeing... I just got the potential. It has. I look forward to seeing it at the London Eurovision Party to see what's changed. See yeah. whether those dancers move around at all. So that was Suarele Saluna. I can say it now at least. Mm. We also need to just mention his probably like past trauma of Eurovision of losing out to Lorene. Yes. And now seeing her. It's the Danny Saucedo factor again, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but now it's Pasha, Pasha Parfani. And then to now be, where are we off to next? We are off to no less than Laureen or Laureen. <laughs> Laureen. With tattoo. With Representing tattoo. Sweden. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so that was Lauren with Tattoo. Indeed it was. <laughs> so we just watched the video, the official video, which is the semi-final performance because there was too much... Foggate. Foggate at the <laughs> Melfest final. Yeah. Where are we with our journey with Tattoo and Lorene? I feel like we need to make a disclaimer yeah. and be like, while we are not sponsored by Lorene, <laughs> we do incredibly love Tattoo and everything about Lorene. And <laughs> we will not be diverging from our view that this is going to win the whole damn thing. Because it is. Yeah. It needs to. <laughs> and not to just be those basic people about that. But I mean... If you've not heard the previous episodes, we were in the room when she won. It was electric. It was insane. It blew everything else out of the park. Why won't it do that again? Literally every single person in the arena, even though they had their own favourites. Knew. Knew and just... And it wasn't just knowledge of her name and who she was and euphoria. It was the performance of this song and how it was done. No, but they had their own favourites, but they still wanted that song. Like everyone liked that song. Yeah. And it, it kind of... Brought everyone apart together, the, the little the, girl behind from the nine-year-olds. What was it? Not to nine-year-olds who placed her in, the, her in last. Oh, well, they just don't know their history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you, that implies that you have to know your history, though, doesn't it? Well, yeah, a little bit. But, yeah, there's just... I feel like because, obviously, we were in Sweden for two weeks, we kind of watched this song get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah, as well. Are all around us. We yeah, hear it. And everybody that we spoke to and of course, knew something about it. <laughs> It, or knew her or knew something yes, and they're it, all related to her everyone like knew her hairdresser <laughs> or knew the person something and it yeah and of course if you want to see a viral reel of us singing this song oh in, god yeah in the secret garden club in stockholm it is available on our instagram yes because we landed at 10 o'clock on friday night and by 11 30 we were in a bar and we'd requested this and it was on and we were singing to it yeah we were we don't look too too tired considering we were no. really into it but everything about this song just works it's got the levels in it it builds it's got so much emotion and intent behind it yeah the stakes were so high for her to come back after euphoria and for me she did twice though didn't she she came i mean there's that song statements and yeah but that didn't qualify no i know but yeah i mean like for me this almost this blows euphoria out of the water at this point so this is better than euphoria for me Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who... And we were talking to your friend Mel and she's like, oh, well, it can't be better than Euphoria and she's only heard it once. But until you actually see the performance and the staging and everything together, then you can see how powerful it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember just listening to the little clip and I was like, oh, I quite like it, but yeah. I'm not sure. And then, yeah, when you see the hamburger, yeah. which I know she's not doing in... Yeah, this is something to talk about. We're not having a hamburger. I hear that we're having parts of a house or something. Yeah. An orange house, I heard? I don't know. I have no clue, but I've got complete faith in her performance-wise, you know. I mean, she's always talking about how it's it's about singing about nature and connection and love. And, you know, she always brings it back to these grand terms, which I just love the way she talks about things. She really feels everything deeply. Mm. It's already topped the Swedish charts. I think it's charted in most countries in the world already, actually. I think, I think so, yeah. yeah. It charted over here yeah. in the UK yeah. straight away. Yeah. So it's really a question of, I don't know. I can't see it not winning. I think it's the journey that people have from now till the competition with their favourites. Yeah. But even then, I I think while people have their other favourites, it's got something about it that will connect with more people, I think. Yeah. It's accessible. It's a step for, you know, it's progression from when she was there before. And crucially, it will get the jury vote and it will get the televote. 
I think so. Yeah. I think there's quite a few songs in the draw which will get... Like, for instance, I can't see Finland's Cha-Cha-Cha getting the jury vote. I can see that splitting people, yeah. yeah. It, it's a little bit more marmite isn't it? Yeah. But after a few listens, it, yeah. you get into it. Mm. But this one, you, you only need to see it once and even just see Loreen talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're converts. It's, <laughs> it's not gonna, we're not going to change our mind about this. And we're so excited about seeing her again. Mm. The Eurovision party. I would just say, yeah, Cassiopeia is one of the writers, but it has so many writers, Thomas Gerson, other people. <laughs> it's one of six writers, hasn't it? Mm. But, you know, they were determined to get it right, I guess. And it's all the powerhouses yeah. are in there. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on from Sweden to Azerbaijan. And we have Tural Turan X with Tell Me More. <laughs> That was Tural Turan X with Tell Me More, who are representing Azerbaijan. Mm. Quite a departure for Azerbaijan, who always do these very highly produced pop tracks, usually written by Swedish writers. And I don't know, something's happened there. I don't know whether it's a rule change or a, a policy change. Someone more in the know will know what's going on. But this is not the Azerbaijan entry you expect. Right. Okay. I, uh, I don't really know... I can't do big picture things like that as much. Oh, really? Yeah. Azerbaijan's always the big pop track. I mean, think who it was in recent years. It was Matahari and all that. Oh, right, yeah. See, I'm not very good geography-wise. <laughs> I like songs, but I can't place them I like in places. songs, but I don't know the song to dance in. <laughs> so we just decided to watch a live version of the song from Israel Calling 2023, just to see how they perform live, because we've seen the video... What did we think? It's it's rapping, isn't it? So what? It's white and it's rapping. Yeah, is that the problem? I feel like yeah, that might be the problem a little bit. <laughs> they look sweet. They seem nice, and it's it's pleasant. But you don't need a Eurovision song to be pleasant, do you? It's kind of like a walk in the park on a Sunday. Mm. That's not going to get you through a semi final, is it? It'd be really nice on the soundtrack of an indie film. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's good to send something different. And I like it. 
But I think there's so many big songs this time round that the quieter songs with a bit of breathing space seem to... I just can't see it going through. No. I can't. I quite like it, though. And it's like the initial verse sounds quite Beatles-esque. And then it goes into the rapping, which is okay. Also, they don't seem to have any stage presence looking at them live. I mean, hopefully they'll have some sort of... I mean, it looks like a 1986 Eurovision set that they're standing on, but that's not their (laughs) fault. I do think that they need staging and costumes. And yeah. I hope he's not wearing those floppy trousers. Yeah, they're a little bit substitute teachery at the minute, aren't they? Yes. Substitute geography teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Dress better. Drag it up, actually. Drag it up. Drag it up. <laughs> so as we said, it's pleasant enough. They seem sweet. They're twins. They're brothers. They seem to have a nice connection. But yeah. Yeah. That's about it. That's about it. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod? Or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens, where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. Okay, so we're moving on now. Who have we got next? So we're off to Czechia with Vesna. And my sister's crown. My sister, Okay, so that was Vesna with My Sister's Crown for Czechia. What do we make of this? Yeah, I like this one. I love it. When this comes on Spotify, I'm rocking out to it, (laughs) singing along to it. Love it. But we just watched the national final performance, didn't we? Yeah. It wasn't a car crash, but the staging was all over the place. I think there's a lot to get together on a stage and keep that personality to it, but also make it not be chaotic. Yeah. And it comes across a little bit too chaotic at the moment. But maybe it's because they've only performed it a few times on stage. But the video, the music video, is a piece of art. Yes. It's amazing. It's it sets stunning. the bar so high. It makes you think, well, this is going to be top five at Eurovision this yeah. year, if not top three. Yeah. But watching that performance, if it goes out like that, that might even be lucky to qualify. 
Yeah, and there's the particularly like the backing vocals that are on the recorded yeah. audio for the chorus drown out the live vocals. Things like that is where it gets a little yeah. bit tricky. And the lead singer just didn't look confident enough. She looked apologetic for being there. She needs to bloody own it and take it. Yeah, but they're in more sort of day clothes in this performance. Yeah, they need, they need those they need music, the music videos. Video clothes. Put those on, please. <laughs> Make it a performance. Put on costumes. Yeah. That's the thing that struck me about Melfest this year more than anything else was that people were wearing costumes because they were performing. And that is what they need to do at Eurovision. Yeah. I really hope they do because it's otherwise it's such a missed opportunity for such a great song. Well, and it's when you're in a big arena and, and you've got all the lights and ev- all the effects and everything. If you turn up and you're sort of in something from ASOS, yes. it just is... Like those bit... pink and white check trousers. Yeah. <laughs> and those orange ones. Oh, it's like, no, it's not like that crushed velvet suit. Interesting fact about the ESCZ Czechia national final. Do you know what percentage is Czech votes and percentage is international votes? Is it 50-50? No. Is it more international votes? Yes. Is it really? 70%. Oh, gosh. Isn't that incredible? I think that's such a clever move. Is it? Yes, because Eurovision ultimately is going to be an international vote. So the way of finding out which one of your songs is going to do the best is to give most of the vote over to the to international yeah, juries. If I was voting for a song to represent me and I knew that... I don't care about you. It's your no. country. It's not important. It's whether we win as the country. Mm. I, I just wouldn't vote, though. Well, you wouldn't probably vote anyway. I think it's a it's a wise move. I think you need to sense check it against the general population. Well, that's what the well, you know, like, is for. No, I mean, sense check it against other places, hmm. but not give them the... No, I think it's brilliant. That's what I think it should do. Okay, I suppose you'll be proved right when this is, like, top five. Only if it is top five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how bad the rest of the songs were, though, do we? Because we didn't watch this national final. No. So it could be that this stood out amongst some dross. But I think, I, from what I remember listening to a podcast about it, this was a strong final, so... Yes, so that was My Sister's Crown. The music video is brilliant. We hope the staging is going to be strong and the sound level. I think with the right sound in an arena, it's going to sound amazing. I would hope. Yeah, because the Bossify version sounds brilliant, doesn't yeah, it? So clear and pristine. Love mm. it. Okay, so we're now moving on to our penultimate song in this episode, the penultimate song of the first semi-final, and that is Mia Nikolai and Dion Cooper singing Burning Daylight, representing the Netherlands. I don't find any joy anymore From the same old cycle zero where did I go between falling and running I've been trying to get on my feet in time I've never been good at crying always wanted to be the tough type I'm sorry I'm just human I'm losing myself I'm chasing high Chasing highs I'm burning daylight 
Okay, so that was Burning Daylight by Mia Nikolai and Dion Cooper for the Netherlands. I like the video. I think it's a good pop song. It's kind of nice indie, poppy, rocky, but I'm just not convinced it's going to push through. That's where I stand currently. Yeah, I think the more I listen to it, the more I like it. And I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to love it. Oh, wow. But at the same time, I've listened to it a good five or six times and songs don't have that luxury in Eurovision, do they? But it's in a good slot. It's the penultimate song, you know, it's second half, it's going to get more votes. So I think it's probably got a good chance of getting through, but I just think it'll probably get through in about ninth or tenth position is what I feel. Yeah, fair. But it's when you sort of start to think about Eurovision, it's like, you know, do the best songs do well? Not always. I mean, you think about Rosalind and Snap, that was a standout song really of the contest, and yet it didn't. It was 24th or something. Yeah, even thinking of Netherlands, when you think of Arcade, that took a couple of years to then go viral after the matter. Did it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it went viral. and It went crazy in America, like, two years after it won Eurovision. You were convinced there was a Duncan Lawrence connection here, weren't you? Yeah, not just because it's the Netherlands, but I could feel him in it somewhere. And it turns out he put them together. He put Mia and Dion together, along with his partner, Jordan. They put them together as a duo. So you are correct Mm. in your assumption. But it has a sort of Duncan Lawrence feel, doesn't it? Yeah. The song. I'm trying to think who it reminds me of. It's sort of other bands that it reminds me of, but they're kind of just out of reach of me in terms of who they are. But it's a nice, mellow feel. It's not unlike the Azerbaijani song. I know it's in a completely different lead to the Azerbaijani song. It's much more developed and much more of a strong pop song. But I think it's whether it just cuts through on the night. I just can't see it doing it. Yeah, because I can, I can kind of picture this one on a stage and I can see where the pyrotechnics would hit or, you know, like the showering oh, yeah. Yeah, the sparkler thing. Yeah. Whereas the Azerbaijani one, I just don't know how that's even going to fill a stage. <laughs> well, you've got a dynamic of sort of like warring, a warring couple here, haven't you? Or a couple that's falling apart or finding each other or whatever they're doing. Mm. And so you've got those two opposing forces that can, you can bring together in a dynamic way on the stage, whereas with the Azerbaijani one, it's two brothers who like each other and get along well, and that's not dynamic, mm. you know? So I think there's a, the conflict element of this is going to be strong. Mm. And it does build really nicely, yeah. doesn't it? And you can see it kind of by the time they hit that last chorus. My only problem with the song is that it throws away its title, Burning Daylight, it took me ages to work out what the hell they were saying, and that's what the title was. In terms of what? It's just, it's a lyric that's thrown away. It's just not something I hear from the lyric enough, I hear from the song enough. And I know songs don't have to be just Oh, about is it the because title. the lyric is not in the chorus? I think so. Is that so. what you mean? Yeah, I think so, and it's just sort of... Because they're saying goodbye not... old life in the yes, chorus. Yes, goodbye lot, old life is what it should be called, I think. That's my view. Or chasing highs, but not burning daylight. That's my view. Mm-hmm. But I like it, you know. Yeah. I, think I like the, it a lot. I think the more time we spend with this one, the more we'll like it. Yeah, and, you know, it could even end, I was going to say, it might end up top 10 of the whole thing, but probably not. <laughs> I can't see it at this stage. We are moving on to our final song. We have Karija for Finland with the song. Cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Ja aikaa kumota. Tää jäinen 
So that was Khadija with Cha Cha Cha. Now we saw this on the night that it won. Yeah, I remember I was putting it on YouTube. And being a little confused. Like, what the fuck is going on yeah. here on this day? And of course, <laughs> on this day. And it was, of course it was from Uden Musikulin, as you call it. Oh, yeah. But it's not really how you call the Finnish national final. It's Uden Musikin Kilpailo. See, exactly what I say. Yeah, Uden Musikulin. But, um, yeah, I think the more I watch it, the more I think it's genius. Yeah, it's got so much charm and it's so bonkers. But it it's a smorgasbord of stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Because it, it has that switch in the middle so it starts off quite aggressive and then turns into an absolute pop song represents that Finnish people have such a diverse taste in their music. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a callback to 2006 when Lordy won. You know, it's kind of that sort of like, that sort of angry rock sort of at the start. Yeah. I just love the juxtaposition of the boxing ring and the cha-cha-cha dancers. Yeah. And how they're part of the ring. Them then fighting. But also the, the, the way that they are, they don't lose their fixed smiles is really clever. Yeah. And I think if this is the Eurovision staging, yeah. it's really going to be something. It is. And it's going to get so many votes. And it'll be one where everyone in the arena goes we'll, mental we'll go for mental, it. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, people already the are, aren't they? It. I mean, it'll just be... I mean, I'd be amazed if this isn't the last song of the night at the London Eurovision party. Mm. Just for everyone to go mad to. But... Yeah, it's the last song of the semi-final. I'm always not sure about last slots in any show. I'm a bit worried about Mae Muller being the last shot in the slot in the final. Because by that point, you're already thinking, who am I voting for? Have I decided? And the last one, you kind of almost ignore because you're already putting your, your notes in order a bit. I think when it's a lineup of 15, it's not as hard. Yeah. But when it's 26, yeah. by that point, you're like, another one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, quite. But this will get through no ch- no. This problem. is getting through easy. This yeah. is top three. Definitely. This is probably top three of the, the whole, whole thing. thing. I agree. I feel like maybe the top three are in this semi-final. Well, who's the third one? Alessandra. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. Do you not think so? I used to think so. I don't anymore. Oh. But we'll see. But definitely getting through. So from this episode, for me, I think Israel, Sweden... And Finland are definitely all getting through. I hope Czechia gets through. And I would like to see Netherlands get through, but I'm not sure it will. And now I've seen the performances. Moldova could be on rocky ground. Azerbaijan is the one I think we definitely won't get through. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Netherlands will either, actually, to be honest. Semi-final one, part two is quite stacked, isn't it, really? I know you're saying... There's lots of good songs all over the place. Yeah. But part one had three strong songs to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of got a bit lost. Mm-hmm. And then when we come back here, especially by the time Lorene takes the stage, mm-hmm. yeah. we've then got a good bunch and some twins. We have. So looking at semi-final one as a whole, the five songs that I don't think we'll get through, mm-hmm. in my opinion, are Azerbaijan, Ireland, Latvia, Portugal and switzerland 
Do you disagree with any of that? No, I think that sounds fair. I mean, I think Switzerland could go through. I think Netherlands is on the cusp. I think Croatia's on the cusp and Moldova's on the cusp. They're the three that I'm I'm not sure if they'll make the top ten. Yeah. But I think everything else should be safe. But then I've got Malta in as, like, one of my favourites. And that's not considered to go through, so I don't know. Well, it's just people that are not... People aren't talking about it that are in the fandom. Mm. That's not an accurate barometer of of things really mm. so in the fandom the five not going through are azerbaijan ireland croatia malta and switzerland so the main difference is latvia and portugal yeah. but there it is so those two at the bottom are the same could be the same yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but we've just put malta a lot higher because it's such a good song we have yeah, and also Portugal. Oh, no, wait, they've not got Croatia either. No, and Portugal's much more popular in the fandom. I like the Portugal song. I heard it again today and thought, was I a bit harsh? But I just, I think, as you said on the last podcast, it just hasn't got the hooks. It hasn't got the connection. And is it just because I've heard it a few times that I'm starting to like it? But will it have that connection with people on the first hearing, you know? Yeah. So that's semi-final one then. All done and dusted. So join us again next week for the first part of semi-final two. So I hope you're getting as excited as we are about Eurovision 2023. It's really getting close now. Lots of excitement. The problem is, I think I know these songs almost too well now. Mm. It's like, it's only going to get worse as we go towards the final. It's like, ah! It's only going to be more emotionally invested in Yes, and more complicated and confusing. It's like 2003 or 2005 all over again. My previous favourite years. And the day this comes out is the day of the London party. Uh So we're going to see... 20 plus of these artists it's insane doesn't make sense so we're going to be very connected to it by that point we are we won't want to see anyone go no, they're all winners to us they are in our hearts <laughs> we love you all mm. we'd love to hear from you on our socials on twitter that's at EuroQueensPod. on instagram we're eurovision queens and on the old email eurovisionqueens at gmail.com goodbye bye You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them. 